Karate, and welcome. I'm your host, Pomegranate and Ivy, and you're listening to For the Glory of the Theoi, a podcast where we talk about Hellenism and worshiping the Greek gods. Today's question comes to us from Jack Lowe Prince over on Tumblr. We're going to be discussing rules within personal cultists and divination's role in establishing those. Now, if you're not familiar with the term cultist, it just refers to a specific and localized version of worship. Throughout ancient Greece, you would find different cultists, not only in different locales, such as Athens and Cyprus, but also for specific deities. So Aphrodite might have a different cultist than Dionysus, as an example. I will be using the term cultus a lot here when I refer to your personal worship paradigm because really what you're doing is you're establishing your own set of rules and your own style of worship that's going to be unique and different from other variations. This can also be pretty common in household worship, which was a fundamental part of worship in ancient Greece. But since we don't have real public worship and public temples for most practitioners of Hellenism in the modern day, that leaves us with these deeply blurred lines between household worship and local cultists. Since we are talking about rules and establishing worship here, we're talking more about the cultist side of it things that can then be possibly, hypothetically, taught to, passed along to others, and might be relevant more to our general area rather than simply to us strictly as individuals and to our descendants that we might pass it down to. Now, many of us may actually already possess rules within our worship and within our practices, but a great number of those are unwritten or undefined. A perfect example of this might be when an individual gets upset because they missed making an offering on Friday. Now, they may not even have written down anywhere or have clarified anywhere that it's a requirement to make an offering to the Theoi on Fridays. However, It's something that they've established for themselves, that they do, and then when they're unable to follow through on that, they feel upset, they feel guilty, they feel like they have failed to follow a tradition or a rule, even if it is one that they've only established for themselves. This can also lead to pushing yourself away from giving more offerings and from giving worship to the Theoi, because those feelings of guilt might make us feel inadequate as worshipers. Now you might be asking yourself, if breaking these rules makes me feel so bad and can be damaging for my worship and my relationship with the Theoi, then why would I want to make more of them? Well, the fact of the matter is, 
many of us have rules, whether we recognize them or not. So defining those rules, clarifying those rules within our personal cultus can actually do us a big favor because it allows us to pinpoint where we feel like we're deficient and where we feel like we're not meeting the requirements set out for us. It's very, very important to remember when we are talking about rules and regulations within cultists to remember that what rules apply to me and work for me may not apply to you and vice versa. The rules that are required of yourself aren't going to apply to other people and even when you do encounter somebody else who shares some of those same rules, that doesn't mean that all of your rules are going to apply to them because they've developed their own tradition, their own personalized cultists, and that's going to mean that there are variations. You can look at the remaining inscriptions we have for temple regulations in ancient Greece and while there are similarities among them, while you can look at the inscriptions in one temple in one time period, and it will, for example, say that you must obey the law, and if you have committed a crime recently, you're barred from entering the temple, and you can look at a different temple in another area at another point in time, and you will find a similar rule there that those who've been convicted of crimes are unable to enter the temple and provide worship, that doesn't mean that all of the inscriptions on these two temples are going to be the same. Later periods in ancient Greece, you start to see temple inscriptions with regulations including requirements for spiritual purity instead of just physical purity. The concern with the well-being of the spirit becomes more prominent later on in Hellenism, whereas in earlier inscriptions, you might find more things regulating, for example, all people entering the temple might be required to wear white and remove jewelry. This was actually done at a temple and it was in order to establish everybody as equal before the gods. But that inscription is not found on every temple. So as you can see, rules and regulations are going to vary a lot even when they do have some overlap. We can even choose to take a great deal of inspiration from surviving temple inscriptions when we're looking at establishing our own rules and worship regulations. Now, temple regulations were most definitely shaped by the culture and the people who were actually putting them in place. Look back at the example of how later worship required a spiritual kind of cleansing and purity before entering the temples. This was absolutely a byproduct of Greek philosophers shifting to questions concerning the spirit of man and how that was affected in worship.
Now, if you do decide to start with tempo regulations as a place to research for establishing your own regulations, then just remember that these rules might require a deeper look rather than grabbing them wholesale. Other places you can look for inspiration when you're beginning to establish these regulations within your cultus include the existing, like, codified moral rules such as the Delphic Maxims that we have from ancient Greece. Very few of these regulations, if any though, are actually put out as being directly from the Theoi, let alone the concrete directions of the Theoi. Uh, the Delphic Maxims certainly are close in that regard as they are supposed to have come from the oracle of Apollo at Delphi and the nature of those oracles was that they were supposed to have been dispensed by the Theoi. So the maxims might be as close as you're going to get to quote-unquote word of God type regulations, except even those are admittedly colored by the time and the culture. Establishing these rules within your worship, though, can clarify a lot of things. It really can, and it can take a lot of pressure off by setting firm rules. So a common, a common question that I see among new worshipers is how do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? How do I know if I'm giving enough offerings? How frequently do I need to worship? This kind of thing is a pretty common question. And that's where regulation comes in. Because if you don't have any established rules, then you don't have an answer for how often do I need to pray? How often do I need to give offerings? What kind of offerings are acceptable? And you can ask anybody who's been giving offerings to the Theoi for a while that while yes, many, many things are acceptable as offerings, they will find that certain things are better. And this is one of those things that I feel like having established rules helps to clarify because you absolutely can offer soda pop. And I've seen plenty of people, they say soda pop is their go-to for Hermes, that they think he loves it. And it's just awesome. They give it to him. They have good luck for a week. Great. I've also seen people say that they can't give soda pop to Hera, that she doesn't enjoy it, that it just feels like the offering wasn't accepted. Not necessarily that anything bad happened or that they were smit, uh, smote, but that it just didn't feel like it was accepted. Establishing regulations can help with that because you can say, okay, water. Water is an acceptable offering. And if you know that watering is an acceptable offering for every single one of the theoi, 
then you don't have to necessarily worry about going out and getting a special offering no matter who it is you're worshiping that day, what it is you're celebrating. If you are making it more complicated and you're saying Persephone always gets pomegranate, always, 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 then you're going to put in place these rules for yourself where it will be harder to give Persephone an offering which you find acceptable and which you perceive that she finds acceptable. Now, I'm not you. I'm not in your shoes. I'm not doing your research and your divination on this. So I don't know. Maybe that is what has been asked of you. Maybe you have been asked to give a type of offering that is seasonal, that limits the availability of that offering. If that's the case, perhaps you're actually developing and building into a transitional and seasonal kind of cultist that phases through different theoi and relevant periods of their authority throughout the seasons in the year. That's a possibility. But if you're not researching and looking at the rules that apply to your worship, you might miss that. You might never realize that that's what you're being tasked by the theoi to do, to establish. Establishing clear rules can also take some of the pressure off. So I went through, a couple years ago now, I went through a really bad place mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And at the time, I did not have clearly defined regulations for my cultus. So here I was struggling with my worship, struggling with my mental health, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to focus. I was putting emphasis on the wrong things. I hadn't looked at and clarified the difference between what was required of me and what I wanted to do. And so I was putting more emphasis on what I wanted to do than what I needed to do. And the result was that it just made me feel further and further away from the theoi every single time I stood before my altar. Having those rules in place, though, defining what's important and what's necessary is great for taking off that pressure and helping to narrow your focus in, though, so that when you are going through a hard time, you can focus on what's significant, what's meaningful, and you can continue to grow your worship even in those difficult times. Now, divination is critical for establishing worship rules and regulations because if you aren't using divination to consult the theoi on this, then you're just putting together a list of things that you like. And that list may be relevant for your starting point. It may be a good place to begin, 
But if you're not consulting the theoi on it through divination, then you're not confirming that this is what they actually want from you. And who knows? Maybe you've been giving Hera chocolate and she really wants rock candy. But you won't know that unless you're giving, unless you're asking the theoi to give you information via divination. And of course, like the Pop Rocks is kind of a, a silly example, but it's it, it's relevant with what we're discussing because, you know, it just illustrates how you may not know what they really want until you ask. And of course, we're talking on a broader scope here, actually. We're not specifically trying to figure out whether Hera likes chocolate or Pop Rocks better. We're trying to determine a worship schedule. We're trying to determine if prayer is required with our offerings, if offerings can be consumable, or if they can be pieces of art, devotional activities, things of that nature. And in a very generic, broad sense, the answer is yes, of course the worship can include these things. But when we're narrowing it down and trying to build a deeper connection to the theoi through personal cultists, that's where we need to establish, like, okay, yes, this thing is good for general worship, but is it good for building a deeper connection? And that's what the rules and regulations are trying to help us do. Now, for divination, you can use any method that you are practiced in and good at. Any method that you find reliable. And that's the key there is reliable. Because if it's not a reliable method for you, then you're going to possibly end up with mixed results. You're going to end up with wrong answers. You're going to end up misinterpreting something. And then your rules and regulations might not actually be what the theoi had intended you to craft. You can use tarot, pendulums, scrying, um, throwing lots, rune stones, anything that you are comfortable with and skilled in. You can also consult a outside diviner in order to either kind of seek these answers for you or to um, verify what you've gotten from your own divination. But my advice with that is just always make sure that you are choosing a trusted and skilled diviner. Unfortunate as it is, there are people out there who would take the opportunity to manipulate and insert whatever they believe is correct instead of channeling those actual answers via divination that you're seeking. I'm fond of doing a two-step divination method in order to establish and verify. The first step would be to divine with a simple yes-no of are more rules required in my current worship? And that'll tell you right there if there's something regulation-wise that is missing from your cultists. Yes or no? Just 
do I need to have a rule for this? If the answer is no, you're good. If the answer is yes, that's where you can start looking. And as I mentioned before, it's easier if you have an existing set that you can kind of use as a basis for your divination. For example, you can number known temple regulations and then draw lots. And from there, you can go ahead and do further divination to update and refine these temple regulations to better fit current worship. But, you know, that's one method. And I find that it's a lot easier when you have pre-existing topics, basically, that you can ask, is this good? Is this okay? Is this something that needs to be included? Rather than just saying, what do I need to include in my worship? And having that blank slate. It's so much easier with a defined question. Everyone is going to end up coming up with their own rules and regulations, though. And some of us absolutely will find overlap. We will find recurring themes within these regulations. And we can say, hey, there's a pattern here. And from that pattern, we might be able to establish general rules that the Theoi ask of modern worshipers. But there's going to be things as well that are specific and unique to ourselves, our area, and whatever specific branch of cultists we're developing. Now, just to get you started and kind of point you in a direction, um, the types of rules that I've established within my own cultists include things like what kinds of offerings are acceptable when to give offerings, how best to give offerings, the best method to pray, when to place prayer and offering during larger rituals, which rituals and holy days to keep, how to present somebody new to the theoi, such as a child, a spouse, somebody that's converting, um, how to keep a household shrine or altar, how to live as a supplicant and bring my faith outside of a ritual setting. How to handle lima and miasma as well as ritual purity. And commingling social and religious responsibility. Now, some of these are pretty standard. You know, everybody's going to have some kind of method in place for what offerings to give, when to give the offerings, what their altar should look like, what needs to be on the altar, that kind of stuff. That's all pretty standard and we all either intentionally or not will kind of establish these regulations for ourselves. Um, discussing topics such as ritual purity and pollution and then commingling social and religious responsibility, as well as applying values of my faith outside of a ritual setting. Those are all things that I kind of just did on my own. And in addition to other worship regulations, they were things that I felt compelled to do. I confirmed via divination 
And then I began looking into what that actually meant. You may not have to do that. You may not be required to look at those things. Always consult with the theoi via divination. Always. And I would recommend periodically checking back in on your rules and regulations to ask if they're still relevant. Ask if they need to be updated or if they can be changed. Some of these may turn out to be metaphysical training wills. Some of them may turn out to be lifelong regulations that are guiding principles of your entire practice. And we can't really know that until we continue to check in and look at those periodically. And on that note, thank you for joining me today, my friends. This has been For the Glory of the Theoi, and I hope that you enjoyed today's topic. If you've got questions, if you've got things you would like to see discussed on here, then send me a message or drop me an ask on tumblr.com and you might see your question included in future episodes. Thank you and have a blessed day. Mm-hmm.